0: Your place to be. I won't cry,
1: Maple syrup is the best. It's so good, though. I won't cry. Just be present with me and love me. I won't cry, Mick. Wow. 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 Wow
2: when they start doing this weird hello. 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 hello you want to have a job you need your COVID-19 vaccine you want to travel on a train or a plane or a bus you need your covid Nineteen vaccine. You want to buy groceries? You need your COVID-19 vaccine.
0: Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. Coming at you again with another little extra bonus episode. Spitting this one out early because we had Brian Festa from the CT Freedom Alliance over in Connecticut on the show because they're having a vaccine safety awareness marathon uh, coming up next weekend, the long weekend, Labor Day weekend. So we figured we'd pop out a bonus up, get the word out. We got a bunch of cool dudes are going to be on there. Guys have been on our show. I know for sure Big Tree. I thought there was a couple other guys too, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Graham, maybe we'll try and convince Graham to show up. He's been invited.
1: He's... You were invited.
0: No, we were invited.
1: Yeah. But you're the vaccine guy. You're
0: know. the vaccine guy. I don't
1: know what's going on. You're, no, you, you're the you're vaccine the guy. guy.
0: Take a look at the vaccine, anti-vaccine thread in the Grand America chats and it's like, all oh, you. I haven't posted in there in years. Well, no one's posted in there in years. Well, there you go. But you were the last one, I think.
1: No, I just, you're way more knowledgeable about the science than me on that.
0: I'd need to brush up.
1: I know, that's the thing. I'd need to I mean, we can't experiment. go there as, ho- like... We can't go there as guests. I mean, we could maybe, you know, host, just we could host, say hi or something or be, but I mean, we're not, the, those guys need to do it. The people that are down there, the experts. We're just podcasters.
0: We just make asses of ourselves. <clears throat> it's not charging anymore. <clears throat> Did it go to sleep? Anyway, so what day is that? Saturday?
1: Uh, I think it's the 5th of September. Yeah.
0: So that's Saturday? It'll be in the show notes. Anyway, Graham will check here in a second. Big thanks to Brian for coming on the show. We had a fun chat with him. Uh, I don't think we had too many cutout problems.
1: No, it was really good until the very end.
0: Considering he was on a phone, it went pretty good. Yep. Anyway, he's a lawyer. Those guys are doing great work over there. Check it out. Support him if you can. Support us if you can. And we got uh, Graham Dunlop over here. Vaccine guy. Graham vaccine guy Dunlop.
1: It's falling apart. The narrative's falling apart. Saturday the fifth. It's Saturday the fifth to Sunday the sixth on Labor Day long weekend is the vaccine safety marathon. I think they're calling it.
0: Didn't it already fall but we'll apart?
1: Put, we'll put links in the show notes and all it, anyways. But yeah, I feel like this is the big battle, man. This is this is where it's gonna. This is where it's gonna happen.
0: This is the battle royale.
1: Yeah, it's like the population versus warp speed.
0: Ooh think so. Versus the, va- is that the vaccine warps, <laughs> that's warp operation
1: speed? warp speed by Trump. Yeah. So you
0: think there's gonna be some pushback?
1: Oh yeah. All over the place. Like people have been saying, it's one thing to, to get f- sort of coerced and, and, and pushed by pediatricians and people in the hospital where you think it's automatic that you should be vaccinating your kids. But when it comes to putting a, you know, experimental RNA vaccine in you, or something that hardly exists. It's kind of everyone
0: chickens. out. it's
1: kind of a long shot. Uh,
0: it's okay to sacrifice the kids, but tough. Take that shot yourself. Maybe, yeah, could be, huh?
1: Well, you never know. The second wave comes. They're already advertising it. They're already pushing the twin demic. Oh yeah, the I'm sure season they are. in The second wave. So people you you know might. They are. You know, I people mean, people might just. This get- is
0: why they're passing all the anti-protesting and rioting legislation so they can start rounding people up when they get pissed off about getting locked up for COVID again.
1: Yeah. Are you going to Freedom Walk tomorrow? I think there's one in Calgary. No. Save the children.
0: Yeah, that's like one of like 15 points.
1: Save our children is the hashtag. There's a couple of
0: stranger... There's like a lot yeah, of stuff mixed of in there. there's a bunch of bullets. They put a bunch of bullets a bunch of QAnon together, stuff yeah. in no, there. No, there's only
1: one. No, there's not a bunch of QAnon There's
0: there. at least one or two.
1: Just just one. I think I've it's seen hashtag our where we go on chi- Yeah, that's right. Okay. That was it. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> there. <that. laughs> <laughs> the Save Our Children's a good one, though. It I got, is. I got an operation. I wish they would my, just have. Uh, pro- project operation. I
0: really wish they would just have Save Our Children.
1: I got a project operation for us. Yeah? Yep.
0: The iPad died even though it's plugged into your computer.
1: Oh, so we don't have jingles today. Well, this is what we do. We chat in the, uh, in the so listener emails, couple segments. Uh, you can fast forward to the timestamp in the show notes, or I think maybe Darren puts a fast forward button in the podcast players or on YouTube.
0: There's usually both.
1: YouTube, uh, there's a little thing that says where it is too. I think the,
0: most of the podcast players yeah. don't support the skip ahead anymore.
1: Right. But this is really, but this is I where still we put it in. This is where we beg for your, you know, your support and stuff too. And your. I got so I got a, I got a synchronicity fun and I got a couple quotes.
0: Oh, you're and, just lined uh, up with and stuff. An
1: Operation Project, an Oppo. Yeah, what do you got?
0: What do I got? I got nothing. I thought. Well, you're How plugging, you
1: you're fiddling around with all your devices over there. I thought you were lining something up.
0: No, I'm lining up jingles. Trying to line you're up. Trying some to line jingles up some here. jingles. I listen. Just keep Dead iPad doesn't fucking slow me down. That's it. I got backups within right, backups right, within right. backups. Pla- oh shit! I don't have that. Oh yeah, I do. Look at See, I got this shit figured out. It's almost like, uh, I've been doing this for seven years.
1: Yeah. Actually it was just by,
0: it was just by chance. If I'm being honest that this is on my phone because it's just one of those things that my phone, I have my phone set to auto download anything that gets downloaded on the iPads. Oh yeah. So I can quasi keep an eye on what my kids are up to.
1: That's interesting. And, uh, so now it's on there. That's why you're bitching about space on your phone the other day.
0: Yeah, well, no, I keep putting it on, delete. I delete them every couple days, I'll go through, hey, look, it charged back up. How can it die while it's plugged in your computer and then somehow salvage enough energy to turn back on? It's just going to turn off again because it'd be too much power to turn it on. You weren't expecting
1: that, though, no, were you? No, it wasn't. It's the <laughs> kind of I gotta Reach over and grab Charlie's book. All right, I got two little mini-quotes for you Mini-quotes?
0: You think I'll guess either Uh, of them?
1: One of them's a repeat. I I haven't highlighted it, that it's been completed, but I think I've said it before. So I'll read that one first.
0: That's my best chance, I feel like, are the repeats. Yeah. If I've somehow filed it just
1: randomly. Conspiracy theorists of the world, believers in the hidden hands of the Rothschilds and the Masons and the Illuminati... We skeptics owe you an apology. You were right. The players may be a little different, but your basic premise is correct. The world is a rigged game. Uh, He's a fairly contemporary journalist.
0: Contemporary journalist? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say it. Shut up. He used
1: to be financial stuff. He used to be financial. Glenn Beck. No. Good guess. Mom wants us to have him on the show. Glenn Beck? Yeah. <laughs> I
0: actually came across him on Twitter the other day, uh, begging Donald Trump for
1: forgiveness. Oh, wow. That's interesting.
0: Was he a never Trumper or something?
1: No, I don't think so. I think he might've been one of those guys that, uh, I mean, Jesus, completely speculating now, but my sense is that maybe he was, and he flipped and now he's maybe, he
0: seemed like, to have been in the, the, the judging by his little yeah. wineathon. a thon it seemed like he was maybe a never Trumper turning around to a Trumper or something. I don't know. I don't know. think
1: he's the one that wrote the Agenda twenty one book. He was the one that pieced together a lot of sorosis. He Fonde. doesn't post like as much cool stuff though. No, but he doesn't through. He used to have some
0: he, cool stuff back in there. We have that Glenn Beck book out there. Yeah.
1: Well when, that's what, I think that's when my mom was on the, onto the agenda twenty one stuff but uh, then he went, years and years ago, you know?
0: He went kind of uh dark. No, he went kind of mainstream. Yeah.
1: yeah he
0: went mainstream. Yeah. All right. let me turn it back on. Second quote. It's turned on and off three times. Okay.
1: (laughs) All right. For reporting a scientific finding, I was called a conspiracy theorist. Only in America is scientific analysis seen as conspiracy theory and government lies as truth.
0: Um,
1: I don't know. He's uh, Paul Craig Roberts, former U.S. Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for the Economic Policy under President Ronald Reagan. Huh. Anyways, there you go. Anyway. That's from our book hey. from Charlie Robinson, The Octopus of Global Control.
0: Charlie, friend of the show, Charlie Robinson. Yep. want a good score from a synchronicity. brain reads it out, then again. It to me. Hey, don't you please it low. Yeah, yeah. Ow. It's like that computer is just just can't push out enough jam. It's like not enough to actually, as the iPad consumes. To,
1: is that what you think it is? Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so. Could be the chord. I mean, these chords are shit. It's the biggest scam of the century. I'm surprised people aren't up in arms. We're getting fucking robbed blind on charging cords. I want to know is it just us? I feel like it's not. I feel like the average person is going through a charging cord every month or two.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy on them. They last quite a while. I go me. through
0: probably five a year.
1: Yeah, mine. I'm probably one. I got year.
0: two kids, though.
1: All right, here we go. This is an email. From Brett, I think I can say his name. If you don't want me to say your name, just say that right off the bat. Good day. First off, thanks to both of you for all the content you provide over a wide range of topics. I've been listening for just under two years now and I've shared a few episodes with my wife and some friends. I suck at names and have a hard time with podcasts knowing who is who and speaking. Uh, so do I. No biggie. I get it. That being said, I would really like to speak with either yourself or Graham about your spouse, so more if possible. The synchronicity that has been reoccurring in many different ways and on different topics has to do with my wife. It's an extremely long story that maybe would be good for me to put in a word soon as based off my wife's childhood trauma. We went through some very heavy shit over the past couple months, though I knew there were traitors though i knew yeah this is uh, i'm going to try and figure out how, what he means here traitor like with though a i t knew there was a D? The, uh, with a t though i knew there was traitors had no idea to what degree we are both now realizing how much that trauma had inhibited her growth so i think he means like in her youth As this began to unfold, we realized that she spent most of her life life disassociating hard or uncomfortable memories, and that in that, there were a lot of lies to myself and herself. I'd taken a break from listening to podcasts, and one of the first ones I returned to was of you and Graham talking with the guy all about this topic. Then again, in a later episode, more came out and hit so close to home. It helped enlighten me to better understand what she is going through and it's been providing a lot of comfort and reassurance that I can pass on to my wife that she is not crazy and not alone. What is taking place? We have grown so much closer, and it has allowed her to pull down the walls and love on a whole new level. It's really amazing. This is a horrible rambling email, but I wanted to reach out since that episode, and I'd like to further explain some of the synchros that have been taking place as soon as I have more time. Thanks for your time. Thank you for the email. I do have news in that area too. But I, think I feel a like that's for, it. You. It, yeah, yeah, it it's is. for you. It for is, sure, yeah, it's right? for you for sure. It's about the, it's about the, uh, the nighttime demonic slash shadow person slash, uh, incubus attacks, that kind of stuff. That's what I think, which could come from like tra- trauma, childhood trauma type stuff. Yeah. And I've got, should I talk about it now or sure. I want to talk about it later too, but so So I've, I've talked about it before, so I don't want to go into too many details, but I'll, I'll summarize it for, she has those attacks for decades. Right. And they've been getting less and less, but they still come, they still came around for a while. Right. So I was helped with sort of like a a magical protection ritual type thing with, by some friends. Right. So we Mm -hmm. decided, I decided I was trying to figure out like, what can I do to, to protect her? So I, I kind of had it figured out one night she was away in Saskatchewan and she woke up and she couldn't sleep because she had one of these attacks. So I said, do I to, I'm going to do something that'll help. So I did this symbol and this, this mantra. I can't remember if I've ever shared to you like the exact details of it and this meditation and all this. And, and it actually stopped the thing in its tracks. And then two weeks later when she didn't know I was doing this, It happened again and for the first time ever. So these are the first two times she's actually been able to stop it in its tracks. And the one time it kind of like, it, 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 it sort of laughed It went. it it was like acting really weird and laughed and then, and then turned around and went away. Like it basically stopped it twice. And I had this sort of sigil symbol kind of thing made up, but hasn't happened since then at all. Like she, and when it happened, she had a different, like a different, uh, feeling about it. It was very light. Like she didn't, she didn't have that same deep seated fear, like the paralyzed fear that usually happens during one of those attacks. She calls it the bad man. Right.
0: So are you able to help this fellow too, or tell him your this is, moves?
1: This is the story tell him coming your moves. Up. It's been years since she's had this attack or at least over a year. I can't remember how long, a year or two years. It's been a long time talking with midnight Mike at OBDM. Because his, uh, I can't remember because his, he was having some similar things happen before they moved to Ohio and he's asking, well, I'd like to see what you did. So I gave him this whole spiel of what I did. I shared him, I sent him my diagram that I made, my sigil that I made, explained the whole process. I'm thinking this is all for the good. You know, this is, this is, this is good. I should, there's nothing wrong with sharing this, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, Why do these, not that I'm a magician, but there's in the, the ancient magicians have a thing where you're not supposed to share your, your stuff. Right. Ah. This morning Maria's saying, I I couldn't sleep last night. I was waking up through the same nightmare and I was there. I was just like, do I ask? And she says, yep. The bad man was back. I'm like, I cannot believe it. Like what the chances of me sharing all that information with somebody and then the first time in years, he's back, like right away.
0: So your logical next step is to talk about it on the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's different. I don't think I'm sharing the exact details, right? It was okay. when I shared the details.
0: So Midnight Mike fucked you.
1: No, I did. I mean, maybe I transferred the energy, like the protective energy to him or something, like something I'm weird happened. transfer like, the problem to him. I don't want to transfer the problem. I don't want to help people. But I oh, mean, look. it's, it's, is that just, look, is that just on. a fucking coincidence or what? I uh, mean, how do you, you know? I mean, come on, it's been years. And she's like, it didn't, and she did say it, it, she was able to sort of stop it, but it was repetitive. What if? But she was able to say, no, you're, you're not going to do this or you're, no, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. I can't remember. I'd have to go through. My Maybe it's just because you were wording, talking
0: right. about it. So in such to detail who? to Mike, I, yeah, uh, yeah. You I re-manifested mean, yeah, that bastard.
1: Yeah.
0: And poor Maria has to pay I know. Pay for I know. Hands. I
1: felt fucking horrible. I told her. I said. You ought to. I got to be honest here. I, I'm sorry, I but up. I shared our secret and this is what happened. So we got to redo it all. I got to re, re-jig it up. Get that protection racket you out. You should now.
0: have a couple of rackets going and then you could <laughs> exactly. sell them <it> off. <laughs>
1: Anyways, that's uh, always have like three
0: or four on the go. So someone needs, hey Mike, can you have two hundred bucks? Sell you a nice little protection spell. I didn't expect another one to jump onto right away. You can say it's tried and true. Yeah, yeah, tested,
1: tested, tested, big tested more rigorously than vaccines.
0: I assumed you're going to go (laughs) the COVID direction, but (laughs) yeah, that's okay.
1: That too. Anyways, I do have, I didn't expect to get into that, but I figured it's so fresh in my mind that.
0: uh, What was that big, long message I sent you uh, from Facebook?
1: That was about EDS. What's that? Uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It's
0: a connective tissue.
1: Yeah, it's something different. I thought they might be related uh, in a metaphysical way, but I don't think so. Or maybe they are, but.
0: I didn't read it. I didn't want to read your mail.
1: Yeah, that's okay. So, before I forget, though, we do, I kind of run out of time here, but uh, I do have an operation project if you got the jingle board going for that.
0: You got a, dude, what do you think? This
1: is appropriate. I have to read it today.
0: This iPad has turned on and off seven times since we started podcasting. It won't even stay on long enough for me to turn off the power so that it can actually gain a charge. Sentry Eagle, Sigma, Mannerken, Artichoke, MK Ultra.
1: Operation Project.
0: Project Operation.
1: This is kind of sad. I mean, it's great. It's great news. It's mm. Operation Not Forgotten. Sad. Yeah.
0: Have you heard you, about this today? Is it great news?
1: It's great news. Fantastic news.
0: Uh, is this the kids in the tractor trailer?
1: Operation Not Forgotten.
0: Yeah. Are they uh, alive? Then they were alive.
1: Uh. Well, the operation not forgotten. The U.S. Marshals locate 39 missing children in Georgia operation, and this is from today, actually. But of course, you're going to hear about it in the mainstream media. I mean, this is why the conspiracies get gain gain momentum. I, right? I seen it on CBS. CBS. Yeah. Not
0: seen it on CBS, but the link someone sent that's me was a CBS right. news oh, that's link.
1: Good. That's good. Oh, that was that was a local. That was the local one. Oh, was it? Yeah. That was the tiny local one. I mean, I the way I found it today was actually having to go to the U.S. Marshall website, and they're like basically their their uh, press report off that. But huh. it's pretty sad. It's not you can, you know, maybe some people reported here and there, but compared to you know the race riots and everything else, this this type of real news is not getting any attention, and it makes you no wonder why people people are skeptical, right?
0: Read that they're that.
1: Co- that they're covering up for for deeper deep state or elite problems in this area. Criminals. So operation not forgotten resulted in the rescue of 26 children, the safe location of 13 children and the arrest of nine criminal associates. Additionally, investigators cleared 26 arrest warrants and filed additional charges for alleged crimes related to sex trafficking, parental kidnapping, registered sex offender violations drugs and weapons possession, and custodial interference. The 26 warrants cleared included 19 arrest warrants for a total of nine individuals arrested, some of whom had multiple warrants. The message to missing children and their families is that we will never stop looking for you. These missing children were considered to be some of the most at-risk and challenging recovery cases in the area based on indications of high-risk factors such as victimization of child sex trafficking, child exploitation, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and mental or medical health conditions. Other children were located at the request of law enforcement to ensure their well-being. USMS investigators were able to confirm each child's location in person and assure their safety and welfare. When we track down fugitives, it's a good feeling to know that we were putting the bad guy behind bars, but that sense of accomplishment is nothing compared to finding a missing child, said Darby Kirby, chief of the Missing Child Unit. It's hard to put into words what we feel when we rescue a missing child, but I can tell you that this operation has impacted every single one of us out here. We are working to protect them and get them the help they need. And this was planned and executed by the Marshal Service, USMS, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the Georgia Office of the Attorney General, Georgia Department of Family and Child Services, Georgia Department of Juvenile Justice, the FBI, and the Children's Health Care of Atlanta. It's hard to believe so many of those organizations were involved.
0: Yeah, it makes you wonder. How much money they spend on a day.
1: Yeah. Well, Trump donated a bunch of millions of dollars to this cause. Not the donated of these guys direct, but well, funded, funded, okay, funded, not donated. Yeah.
0: You know, I get used to that. You know, on that side of the table, I could put my feet up over here.
1: Yeah. Nah. So since the U S Marshals started working with NCMEC, the agency recovered more than 1800 kids. Since when? Since they started working. Last year alone, they found 295 children.
0: So when did they find 1,800 kids since when?
1: I don't know. It didn't say. Just said since they started working with them.
0: Since who started working with who?
1: The, the marshals started working with NCMEC, which is...
0: So oh, this isn't in the last couple of years. Which this is, is the going.
1: National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So last year alone, there was 295 children. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I I don't know. I mean, are all these kids, you know, are they just... Is some, are some of them... Well, I said
0: parental was one of them yeah. and guardian another. So, you know, there's a percentage of them, but I mean. Uh,
1: that, that was uh, 1,800 kids since 2005. So Jesus. Yeah.
0: Like 200 a year.
1: And that's just like, what, Georgia, year. you know?
0: That's 100 kids a year just in Georgia? Recovered. Yeah. How many not
1: recovered? Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. There so you know. anyways, it's an appropriate one. I wanted to share it with you.
0: Thanks, buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Is that all you got then?
1: That's all I got, buddy.
0: Well, we could use some support. If you're getting some value from the podcast, I think this will be episode like four hundred and forty-three or four hundred and forty-four. Maybe you love the show, maybe you hate it. I don't know. How many shows have you listened to? One, two, three. What do you think this show is worth to you? Is it worth a dollar, two dollars, three dollars a month? You decide gramerica.ca slash support. Help us keep the cogs of industry moving. Help us get ready to be canceled, so we're prepared for that. We've got our servers ready to go. You know, we're just kind of building infrastructure. We're getting ready to do the Mastodon thing. That'll be coming soon. I shout out to I working hard on that. I think he started actually doing some trials with some people.
1: What was that thing in the chats today about Mastodon about the instances?
0: Google Google
1: Google was starting to uh, oh Google apps was starting to take away. Mastodon apps.
0: Oh, really? Like Amorac like and stuff.
1: That. Uh, I didn't see Amorak in there, but I saw three other ones.
0: Oh, well, we don't have, uh, have yeah. Amorac's
1: iOS. I yeah, think. crazy though.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So, Sensor hopefully, we'll get get back getting back really Crazy right now. We've got the other chat ready to roll into. That uh, should all go away after the election, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Jump in the chats and send an email with your synchronicity, your story. Couple links to
0: get it: grandmerco. dot support. America.ca slash chats. GrandmakerAmerica.com. Yeah. Hit up all those things.
1: Darren's on Twitter and I'm on Instagram.
0: Uh, we have officially pushed the Randall Carlson Scablands trip to May of next year. Dates to be announced. Uh, the resort did ask that we strongly consider rescheduling. So we kind of didn't have much of a choice oh, there. Oh, wow. Really, eh? Yeah. They're worried that... Our group is like seven times the maximum <laughs> group size you're allowed in the state right now. So it's like everyone have to eat alone in their rooms. and
1: That's not even, I mean, that's not the, po- the point of the trip is to meet everybody.
0: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Brush shoulders. The great Randall Carlson. Hug. Anyway. We hope you guys enjoyed these uh, Lazy Rambles. We hope you enjoyed the chat with Brian even more. Fantastic chat with those guys over at CT Freedom Alliance. Enjoy the chat. Brian. Festa.
1: We've got a special timely episode tonight with everything going on in the world. We've got Brian Festa with us from the CT Freedom Alliance and recently the uh We the Patriots USA as well. And we're talking about lots of different things including vaccine safety and how to kind of how to legally uh how would I say legally uh navigate these turbulent waters. Welcome Brian. Thanks for coming on, buddy.
2: Thank you both for having me.
1: <laughs> um I don't know where to start. Maybe just a quick background, I guess, uh, with, with you and, your, and the CT Alliance. And instead of reading a big bio, maybe you can just describe a little bit, uh, a little bit yourself.
2: Yeah, we don't want to put anybody to sleep tonight. Um, it's not quite that late where I am. I know you guys are a little bit behind me, maybe an hour or a couple of hours behind me. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, I, I want to talk about two groups actually that we started one is the Connecticut Freedom Alliance which was the original group that my business partner and I uh, Don Jolly and I uh, started last year actually in September of last year so we're coming up on our one- year anniversary can't believe it's it can't believe it's already been a year and we can't believe it's only been a year because yeah. it's been really really an amazing ride uh, and the amount that we've accomplished in that time is just incredible. So we have that group, and we also have a new group I want to talk a little bit about in a minute called We the Patriots USA, uh, and that's a group, a national group. It's beyond Connecticut because, obviously, uh, these problems that we're dealing with are not confined to the state of Connecticut or New England or any one region of the country or even of the world. Um, I know you guys are are neighbors to the north up there in Canada, so, um, you know, obviously these same issues Uh, you have there that we have here uh, to a lesser or greater degree, depending on the issue. But they're the same issues. And so I want to uh, spend some time tonight talking about that. Uh, The Connecticut Freedom Alliance was founded during a very, very tumultuous time in our state. Uh, The state legislature was seeking to eliminate the religious exemption to mandatory childhood vaccinations. Uh, As you know, uh, there are religious exemptions in, in most states. Uh, in the United States that allow uh, a parent uh, to opt out on the basis of the parent and child's uh, religious beliefs, uh, which is a constitutionally uh, protected right. Uh, You guys don't know me that well, but I am an attorney. uh, And, uh, you know, I I speak a lot about the Constitution on these interviews that I do. And and obviously, in my activism, uh, the Constitution is something that's very, very dear to us. It's, It's a beautiful document. It's a document that all too often is abused in our country right now, and uh, we are seeking to stop that. So our main initiative is to preserve and expand individual rights and freedom, uh, freedoms, in particular uh, constitutional rights, like freedom uh, of religion, the free exercise of religion. Uh, and and to just uh, promote those rights and to educate people about what their rights are. Because so much of this is that people really don't know what their rights are. They think the government can do something simply because the government says they can do it. And as you know, there's a very big difference between saying something is true and it actually being true. Um, so we have now over 2,100 members um, in the state of Connecticut and beyond in the Connecticut Freedom Alliance um and uh, like i said w- within a year and that's it, it is a private group it's a private uh facebook group we are also an llc though uh we're a registered lobbyist uh with the state so we've done an incredible amount of work in a very very short amount of time but um yeah we've we, we don't just focus on medical freedom we have other initiatives but that's the one i'm here to talk about tonight primarily so i do want to talk about Vaccines. I want to talk about some of the uh, these mandates that are being handed down by our our wonderful governor <laughs> Ned Lamont, um, and and what we're doing to fight back against them. Uh, you know what we've done legislatively. We we were successful last year, last legislative session, this past legislative session, I should say, this year, earlier this year, uh, as well as the year before, uh, when I even before. Um, You know the Connecticut Freedom Alliance was formed. I was involved in this fight, but uh, the Freedom Alliance was integral in stopping uh, that uh, measure from being passed in the state legislature—the religious exemption bill that would have eliminated the religious exemption to vaccination. We did get an assist from COVID nineteen. You know, I I will I will admit that. You know, the legislature shut down early, and so they weren't (laughs) able to do as much as they as they would have been able to do. Um, But. It's, you know, nevertheless, we had a 21 and a half hour public hearing that we organized primarily uh, along with some other groups in the state. But uh, Don and I were at the helm of that and we organized the people testifying and they were there, uh, you know, from uh, from the from the morning from about 10 o'clock in the morning on the 19th of February uh, all the way into 630 in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, the following uh, the following morning, uh, the 20, uh, the 20th. So it was a really an incredible show. We had over 4,000 people show up, which in Connecticut is, wow is a huge, it's a huge turnout. It's a huge, I mean, in a state of three and a half million, you're usually lucky if you could get 400 people to show up for an important public hearing, but to get over 4,000, um, it was really a, a monumental, uh, achievement and accomplishment, and and they had seen uh, you know a lot of the security guards at the at the state capitol and at the legislative office building couldn't believe um, how the turnstiles just kept coming and how many people were coming in from all entrances um, to rally. We had uh, Del Bigtree here. We had um, Dr. Uh, James Lyons Weiler. We, we we had some um, uh, Dr. Shiva Iradari. We, we had just had one after the other after the other uh, activists, doctors, scientists, lawyers, um, everyone come. Uh, parents, mainly parents, most of all the parents, to tell their own story um, of living with vaccine injury and their objection, their legitimate religious objection. Because newsflash, you can have more than one objection. And there are court cases. Unfortunately, there's some bad precedent out there that says if if you have an objection based on science, then that means you're just using that and your religious objection isn't sincere. And I think that is the biggest uh, load of BS that I've ever heard, because that is basically saying you are not allowed to have more than one grounds for, for your objection that you can only either have scientific medical objection or a religious objection. You can't have both. Uh, and that's just not how life works. People can object to things for multiple reasons uh, and it doesn't make it any less valid.
1: Is science and medical the same objection or is science different? Like, well, what's the science, science, science ob- objection?
0: Medical would be if you're sick.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, a a medical objection to vaccination could be um, that you believe uh, and you very well may have good reason and probably do have good reason to believe that vaccines are harmful to your child in particular and you have medical reason for objecting to that. You may not be able to get a medical exemption, though. Those are very, very, very hard to come by. Uh, most physicians won't write them, even when there's a legitimate reason. Even if a child, uh, you look at California, they've, they've completely, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they've eliminated the medical exemption there, too. I mean, you, you, your child can have an anaphylactic reaction to a vaccine. Your child can have develop seizures within hours of receiving a vaccine. Uh, your child can develop uh, high fever, rash, all kinds of adverse allergic reactions within Within a very short time of getting a vaccine, and even if the doctor admits that, yes, this was an adverse reaction, they still will not exempt you from getting even that very same vaccine for a booster shot. Um, It's just incredible. So they're basically telling you you have to subject your child to that torture again. Even though we know it's going to cause this reaction in him or her, we are going to force you to subject your child to that torture, uh, that anaphylaxis. You better have your EpiPen ready because we're going to do it again. Um, that's, I mean, would you ever tell a child who's allergic to, to peanuts that, you know, we, we saw the reaction one time, the throat closed up, we had to rush into the hospital, but you know what? We're going to force you to take that spoonful of peanut butter a second time. Uh, you, you know, no doctor would do that, but they do it with vaccines. So that's that's what's so horrible about this they are harming children Uh, with these vaccines. And so people do have legitimate medical exemptions, but they can't necessarily get a a real medical exemption on paper from their doctor. So they may have a a medical, but in addition, they may have a religious objection because these vaccines are made for instance, with aborted fetal cells, many of them. And that's proven science. That's not, you know, some quackery that it's not a conspiracy theory. That's, that's admitted, that's admitted by, by the vaccine makers. Uh, There's no, that's a stipulated fact, as we would say in the legal field. Okay. So, if you actually go, there's a wonderful website run by a good friend of ours. She's going to be on uh, the the Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon that we have coming up. I'll talk yeah, about yeah, in we got to talk
1: about that for sure.
2: Yeah, her name is Dr. Teresa Deischer though, and she's a brilliant researcher uh, scientist, and um, she uh, ha- she runs a website and an organization called Children of God for Life dot org. Uh, so it's Cog. It's actually cog for life c o g for life dot um, and it has all of the information you can find on there about the use of aborted fetal cells in the production of vaccines and it's actually even if you are someone who believes in abortion as a right, even if you are someone that believe that is pro-choice, um, you will shudder when you find out how these uh, cell lines were procured uh, they have to get the organs from the babies in a particular state, they have to be in a healthy state uh, in order to harvest them properly and use them properly in the in order to retrieve the cell line so um sometimes so for certain uh, cell lines, they had to abort dozens and then actually one case hundreds of babies before they could get a viable cell line uh, so it's not just they say, oh, it's just one baby from the nineteen seventy it's not one baby." Right, it was yeah. many, many babies that, that were used to harvest. So Catholics have an objection to abortion. Christians, m- most most fundamentalists or evangelical or most Christians in general have an objection to abortion. So how can you say it's not legitimate to object to a vaccine that used aborted fetal cells in its production and have that injected into you or your child? How can you say that you don't have a legitimate objection to that if you disagree with abortion? Uh, but 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 they do say because the official teaching of the Catholic Church has not come out against it, and because the Pope has even said that vaccines are good, that that means you can't have a legitimate objection. Well, newsflash again: the 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 United States Supreme Court has never said that you must adhere to the tenets of your religion or that you must belong to a major world religion. Yeah, exactly. Which. You know, in order to have a legitimate objection, you can have a personal, conscious objection, and that can be afforded First Amendment protection. Even yeah. so, there there is no requirement that your beliefs must align with the official teachings of your church, or that you even belong to a, to a major church. And that, and actually, if you belong to a minority religion, I mean, these laws are made to protect the minority. Yeah. Right? The free free speech, for instance. The free speech clause of the First Amendment was created not to protect the majority speech, the most popular speech that everybody loves and accepts, but to protect unpopular speech that most people would object to. That's what it's meant to protect. And the same goes for religion. All right, if most people, most people in the country are Christian, um, or most people in the country are Catholic, even if um, your your beliefs did align with that, we still have protections for those who who don't belong to those religions. And so that's what's so beautiful about our country. We protect everyone. We don't just protect some people. We protect everyone.
0: Wow. That's, Allegedly. Um what uh so that's very pre-COVID middle of February. I mean, depending on where you are, I guess, but from a western standpoint, that's pretty pre-COVID. What do you think the the washout from COVID-19 is going to do for your cause in that specific regard, the vaccine regard? Well,
2: well, you know what? That is an excellent question, and actually – Um, We obviously have some concerns about that, right? Because this uh, pandemic, or as some in our movement will call it, plandemic, uh, was very, very hyped up. And the fear and the pandemonium is to a degree like we haven't seen in this country since the days of polio. And it might even be worse than the days of polio, to be honest but I wasn't alive back then, um, but we're talking about the 1940s and 50s. um, The the fear, parental fear, was at an all-time high at that point. But I think it's maybe even higher now. And for what? For a, 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 a virus that has an, a, a survival rate of greater than 99% in the general population, okay? Um, that almost never affects children uh, profoundly unless they have pre existing conditions, that almost never results in death of children. And yet we have all these mandates for masks, and they're talking about a COVID 19 mandate, which is right around the corner. There was a piece published in the USA Today uh, on August 6th. It was an opinion piece uh, that was written by three professors from Case Western Reserve University uh, in Ohio, I'm sure you know it well. Uh, It was a a distinguished, or or once distinguished, (laughs) once was a distinguished university. Uh, And there were three professors, one a professor of medicine, one a professor of law, and one a, a professor of bioethics, believe it or not, interestingly enough, when you hear the headline. Uh, but it was, uh, so it was a lawyer, a doctor and a bioethicist. That sounds like the beginning of, of a bad joke, <laughs> but it really was a bad joke because if you read this article, it said that basically the headline said, and I'm paraphrasing that it would be patriotic to mandate a COVID-19 vaccine. And it would be unpatriotic to, to not mandate it basically, uh, that every ma- and that it should be required and that the religious exemptions should be eliminated. Um, and that every man, woman, and child should be required to get it. They're not just talking about for school folks. They're talking about for entry into anywhere, any sector of society. You want to have a job? You need your COVID-19 vaccine. You want to travel on a train or a plane or a bus? You need your COVID-19 vaccine. You want to buy groceries? You need your COVID-19 vaccine. I mean, it's going to get to the point where they, they actually suggested in the article to have immunization cards with stamped expiration dates. So you would have to show your papers wherever you go to prove that you're clean. What does that sound like? Um, You know, the the people on the left are always accusing conservative voices and people on the right of being Nazis. But um, that's about as close as as to as I've seen in modern history, uh, that you're going to force people. To comply with a medical mandate, force them to be injected with which, with something, a substance that is most likely to be poison, that is most likely to uh, result in far more carnage, injury, and death than a uh, than the virus ever did. Okay, they're talking about a fast track vaccine, a vaccine that has not gone through proper safety testing, a vaccine that in many cases didn't, in some of the cases uh, being developed, the certain of the vaccines they didn't even do animal trials. They're racing to the finish, but it's a race to the bottom. It's a race to, uh, like I said, devastating injury um, and a very high death toll, I'm convinced. Okay, Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't say that with certainty. But from the science I've seen, from the scientists and doctors I've talked to, they agree with this. And we're going to talk about this on Labor Day weekend. We're going to have— a Vaccine Safety Awareness Marathon. We're doing this Jerry Lewis style, okay? We're going Labor Day weekend, 24 hours, uh, and we're going to start at 10 a.m. on Saturday, September 5th, and we're going to 10 a.m. Sunday, September 6th. This is a nonstop marathon. We have a cavalcade of amazing guests and a tremendous lineup. Lineup: uh, Dr. Teresa Deicher, who, whom I mentioned, uh, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, who I mentioned, Dr. Aaron Lewis, who's a very strong pastor, great voice. He's been becoming, he's from Connecticut, but he's becoming much more prominent nationally. Uh, We have uh, Dr. Brian Hooker, who's featured prominently. In the Vaxxed movie, you may know of him. He was the one who uh, assisted and interviewed originally the uh, CDC whistleblower, Dr. William Thompson. He's going to be on. Del Bigtree is going to be on. Uh, we just have one after the other after the other. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, um, you know, Dr. Janet Levitin. We have uh, Dr. Chris Shaw, who's done amazing work uh, out of from your country, from uh, uh, British Colum- well, British Columbia, uh, Vancouver. Uh, he's from the U- University of British Columbia. He's done amazing research in aluminum toxicity uh, as it relates to vaccines and, and aluminum toxicity in the brain. He, he's a brilliant scientist, and we just going again. It's going to go one after the other, after the other, after the other. Uh, journalists, uh, you know, researchers, physicians. Um, it's just it, it, Dr. Larry Pullewsky is going to come on. We're just going to—it's just one after the other after the other. Mary Holland, from Children's Health Defense, Chief Counsel from Children's Health Defense. Curtis Cost, author of "Vaccines Are Dangerous." I mean, it's just these are. This is just probably one of the most amazing lineups, if not the most amazing lineups in the that's ever for an event that's ever been assembled in the vaccine safety awareness movement, the medical freedom movement. So we urge everybody to tune in. That's going to be live streaming in our Facebook group, the Connecticut Freedom Alliance. So Please join if you haven't already. It's also going to be live streaming, in we, the Patriots USA, it's going to be live streaming on our YouTube channel. It's going to be live streaming on uh, Twitter. Well, Periscope is 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 the uh, the Twitter channel uh, that'll be live streaming streaming on. <laughs> we'll be screaming too, um, and it's we we are going to be up all day and all night, or I should, I am going to be anyway. I'm the one that's putting myself on the line (laughs) to host this thing for the most part. Um, somebody suggested it should be sponsored by, uh, by Red Bull and Starbucks, but I don't know about that, (laughs) but, uh, but, but definitely, uh, we're pulling an all nighter. This is the kind of, you know, this is, you know, this kind of stuff we did in college. Right. Um, so we are going to be going, we're in it for the long haul and it's, but, The purpose isn't just to have fun and stay up all night and talk to some amazing people. The purpose is to raise awareness about vaccine safety, especially at this critical time when they're about to release a mandate. Many states are going to try to mandate a COVID-19 vaccine, I believe. And that's a vaccine that hasn't been through really any legitimate safety testing. It's fast-tracked. So we're going to highlight all the harm, the injury and death that's been caused by vaccines that have gone through supposed proper safety testing that weren't fast-tracked. And see how much carnage those vaccines have caused, how much death those vaccines have caused. Well, if those vaccines have caused such a high rate of injury and death, imagine what a fast track vaccine is going to do. And so that's the message. We want to educate everyone across the country and the world, really. We hope you watch as well. Uh, We want to educate everybody about this. Uh, It's actually, we're going to have, we were on a podcast last week with Charlie Robinson. I don't know if you're familiar with his podcast. We're going to have him on the macro aggressions. I, I love the name of it. And, and you know what, you know, if, if you want to come on, or if you, you have somebody, um, that, uh, you're connected with, it was knowledgeable in this area and would like to speak about it, definitely reach out and get in touch with us because I would like to also have them on and have you guys on. If you'd like to, this is, uh, you know, you're on the I don't know what time zone you're in. Um, you're probably a couple hours behind me. so you could come on on a late night spot that wouldn't be as late for you. Um, but yeah, so so get in touch with me uh, afterwards, and we can maybe set that up. We do still have a few slots available, although most of them are full. Um, but it's it's gonna be a great a great thing. It's not only to raise awareness, it's also to fundraise So it's to fundraise not only for our organizations, both our national organization, we the Patriots USA, and our, our uh, local organization, the Connecticut Freedom Alliance, but it's also uh, to fundraise for each of the organizations of our guests. So when Dr. James Lyons-Weiler comes on, for instance, and he promotes uh, the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge, IPAC, which is his foundation— he can promote that and we will put a uh, we hope to be able to put a link up on the screen we're still working out the technical bugs that we can put a link up on the screen and people can donate to his group as well so it's not just about us it's about donating to him when mary hong comes on we can put something up for children's health defense donate to children's health defense which is our, our, our friend bobby kennedy's organization unfortunately bobby's not able to make it his calendar is just too jammed packed um, we did reach out uh, but he's not going to be able to make it, but, uh, we have a great lineup. Nonetheless, it's going to be an exciting, amazing event. And we hope everybody can tune in. Do
0: you wow. think COVID vaccine scare is going to bring more people over to, to, to your side? It, in seem, the end? it seems
1: like it's already doing that. I mean, it does seem like there's way I mean, more in, awareness. In our area,
0: there's a record amount of kids not going back to school right now. And that's for a bunch of different reasons some is COVID fear, some is mask fear, some is, you know, they're going to fuck it up in two weeks anyway, fear. But I'm thinking there's got to be sort of the same thing from vaccines when people that maybe never had a dog in the fight before all of a sudden get told they're getting a shot.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know what? I I agree with you. I think it is going to cause a lot more people to rise up. I mean, they've actually... I think in a lot of ways they're they're overplaying their hand. They're shooting themselves in the foot uh, because again, people that might have been fine with most of the vaccines or all of the vaccines, you know, the MMR, uh, you know, the uh, you know B, the you know uh, any other any you know chickenpox vaccine, any of the other multitude of vaccines the kids have to get, and it's it's a lot. Um, it's it's an it's an incredible amount in a very short amount of time. Very very dangerous, but you know they might have been fine with that because those you know those vaccines have been out forever and you know the mainstream media tells them that everything's okay vaccines are safe and effective and injury or death that's that's one in a million uh, which is one of the greatest lies ever told but they'll say that, and most people are okay with it. But now you're going to release something that's fast tracked that hasn't been safety tested. We don't know how it's going to affect people, and now we're going to force it on everybody w- without exception. Um, they're going to even eliminate religious exemptions for it, and the flu shot too. There, you know, there were a, a lot of um, mainstream media outlets that were issuing false reporting that were sh- that was saying that getting a flu shot it gives you a uh, it lowers your risk. Of contracting COVID, which is completely ridiculous because the influenza, seasonal influenza virus strains of that virus are nothing like uh, the, the COVID or SARS, any of the coronaviruses, SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 viruses, are completely distinct from a flu virus. But they were trying to propagate that. So uh, propagate that to try to um, get more people to get the flu shot as well. It's just to sell more vaccines. It's all about money, as you know. Um, and. Then a study came out that actually said people who get the flu shot are 36% more likely to develop other uh, respiratory infections. So um, if you actually dig into the science, and, and the thing is, you know what? The funny thing is you listen to these interviews and you listen to these talking heads— um, on the major mainstream news networks, whether it's someone from the CDC, whether it's someone from you know some you know children's hospital out in Philadelphia that I won't name, you know it's <laughs> whoever it is that they have up there on the nightly news and is saying vaccines are completely safe and, fa- and effective. You notice you never have the follow up question from the reporter. Well, what's your proof of that, sir or madam? What is your proof that vaccines are safe and effective? Where are the studies? Where are the studies that they don't cause harm? Where are the studies? Um, are there any studies um, that show they do cause harm? They never ask any of the follow-up questions. It's just a blanket statement that they're fit, safe and effective. And everybody's supposed to accept it. And yet, I have one of my scientists comes can come on and have literally a binder full of studies, and they won't ask him. They won't allow him, and he'll be willingly offering, you know, like Dr. Uh, James Lyons-Wolfe that I mentioned. You know, he has he can cite you know hundreds of studies. Um, that that show that vaccines as currently constituted are very, very dangerous. And yet they won't allow them to submit that as evidence. They won't allow. It. And so that's why we have to pursue things through the court of law, you know, unfortunately. Um, and, and that's that's goes into the next topic. Um You'll see, as you can see, I'm going to do okay for that 24-hour marathon. I can I can just yeah. keep talking, you know, <laughs> and, and make your job very easy but or hard, depending on how you look at it. But, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the, the – uh, we have some litigation, actually, in the state of Connecticut right now, uh, not specific to vaccines, um, although we do have some uh, other lawsuits that are, um, you know, sort of related to the vaccination issue. But this one that is most current – uh, that we filed, and actually, the the main portion of the lawsuit was filed just yesterday, uh, is pushing back against these school mask mandates. Oh, because uh, that's that that is something else that I think is just absolutely ridiculous. There is no science, no established, peer reviewed studies, science that shows that children. Uh, First of all, that children, healthy children in a school setting are any threat of transmitting coronavirus. Uh, There's never been a documented case in the world of a child transmitting the coronavirus to an adult in a school setting or to another child, for that matter. It's never happened. It's not not in Italy, not in China, not here. Okay, that's number one. Number two, cloth face coverings are woefully ineffective at stopping the spread of this virus. Okay, if any effectiveness they have at all is minuscule, and does not justify, yeah. and certainly doesn't certainly does not outweigh the risks of putting a cloth face covering or a paper face covering, whatever you want to use, over the airways of a child for six, seven, eight hours a day, depending on how long they're staying there, um, and while they're in re- playing sports and physical education classes or extracurricular activities in, in the heat and humidity. Uh, The bacterial growth that's been um, shown, that's been proven to, to develop on these face coverings, even during one day, and that they're constantly breathing in that bacteria, mold spores, that they're breathing in carbon dioxide, their own carbon dioxide, back into the airways. You're, you're putting kids at risk of upper respiratory infections. You're putting kids at risk of developing um, a whole host of skin infections. We've seen kids. I'm sure you've seen some pictures going around Facebook. There's and other um, you know alternative news, which I like to call uh, truth, uh, true news um, websites. You'll you'll see that there there's evidence of all kinds of rashes developing um, and in other. And, and and beyond the physical effects, the psychological effects. Anyone that thinks it's healthy for a child, especially a young child, but any child to be wearing a face covering for hours, and to see all of their teachers and all of their friends with their face covered, uh, faces covered, for hours and hours and hours every day, all day, uh, every week of the school week, um, and, and that that's a new normal and that's perfectly healthy for a child is just it's just fooling themselves. And and you know, I have a good friend of mine whose daughter is actually terrified. She has terrible anxiety. She said, "Mommy masks scare me." She's about, I think, seven years old, eight eight years old. She said, "Masks scare me." You know, I don't want to go to school having to look at everybody with those masks on. And I don't want to wear one myself. You know, it's scary because, you know, this is a child. This isn't, you know a child that's grown, that's, that's always had to uh, be around people with masks. I mean, you're talking about a kid that's like I said, eight years old or so, and is used to playing with her friends outside and, you know, in a normal environment and seeing her friends at school in a normal environment and her teachers in a normal environment, the way uh, the kids have always gone to school since the beginning of recorded time um, without, without a mask on. And now suddenly everyone has to wear a mask. So And there are even people that have legitimate religious objections to these masks. Uh, You know, there are uh, some forms of Christianity, some denominations that are opposed to any kind of mask wearing because masks are used in satanic rituals. Um, And and, and that's another thing you can look into when you start doing the research. Uh, Masks have always been a symbol covering the face. And why covering the face? Well, I'm a Catholic, so I will tell you, we believe that we are created, humans are created in the image of God. Okay, we are create our face is, is the image of God, is a reflection of God. So when you're covering that, you're covering the image of God, and that's why Satanists like to do it because they obviously wouldn't want to display anything of God or a reflection of God, which our faces are. Um, so there's a very legitimate religious exemption there, a religious objection there. To the wearing of face coverings, uh, so so it's just we are making claims. We're re- represented by uh, by counsel, uh, two state representatives actually uh, in the uh, in the Connecticut legislature that are uh, attorneys, obviously, and they have filed this on behalf of the Connecticut Freedom Alliance and uh, four parents who have children in schools across the state of Connecticut. And they are challenging the mask mandates as unconstitutional because in Connecticut, there is a fundamental right to an education found in Article 8 of the Connecticut Constitution. Um, and there is uh, also a denial of, of due process here. There was no process, no public notice and comment period. There was no regulatory process that was enacted. There wasn't any there's no statute and there wasn't even an executive order. Not that that would have been. Not that that would have been legitimate as a law, but there wasn't even an executive order. There was nothing. There was simply the education commissioner getting together with a committee of people. Let's form a committee, and let's just write up a document, advance, achieve, adapt, achieve, whatever it's called, and and just throw that out there. And that's now – it says in there – requirement that every child has to wear a mask makes you wonder. wonder. And, 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 and and there are some exemptions obviously for medical exemptions, but a lot of schools uh, in my own experience and in many other uh, parents' experience aren't even accepting medical notes, even written by physicians. They, uh, it's not enough to say this. It's not even enough. They are questioning it and saying, even if you have a note that says this child cannot wear a mask for medical reasons, that's not enough. Give us the proof. Give us the diagnosis. Show us the chart, wow. doctor. We don't believe. We don't believe it. Um, and, and and I can you know I can just tell you. And again, I, I have first hand experience with this. I won't get into the details, but that is happening in the state of Connecticut. Okay, and so they are out of control. They are, have way overstepped their authority. Uh, they don't have the right. Listen, the state legislature. It doesn't matter that there's a statute that says the governor can issue executive orders during a, a public health emergency that give him wide, sweeping power. There is a statute like that in the state of Connecticut. But guess what? No statute can say the governor has the right to violate the Constitution of Connecticut or of the United States. The only way the Constitution can be amended, can be changed is through the amendment process. No law. A law is per se invalid if it gives someone, the authority, any entity, the governor, anyone else, the authority to violate the constitution of the state. Hmm. So even, even if it said right in there that he can violate and you, and that the first amendment is suspended, it would be per se invalid because the only way to suspend it or to repeal that amendment would be through the amendment process, the constitutional amendment process.
1: Wow. Imagine, I mean, imagine with these kids, the main part of your communication, your sensory communication, reading facial expressions, doing all that. I mean, it's, it's just gone. Gone now. They're in these. I mean, no wonder why kids are scared. They don't even know how people are thinking or feeling around them. I mean, it's just a bunch of z- zombies. So I hear. Yeah, I, I, I've heard you. Special needs students. Yeah, I mean, I've heard you talk on on the ripple effect. Shout out to Ricky on the ripple effect uh, about some of this stuff. And and you were Rachel. connecting with other groups as well. And I've been following uh, Doctor Pamela Popper. Uh, I think it's Make Americans Free Again, or she's also got a website. Yes. Uh, the free. Uh, what's what's it called? Healthcare. Uh, the wellness uh, forum, health, and she's been sharing legal documents and legal cases around the around the country, so that people don't have to do all the legwork over again. So, I mean, it, I don't think Connecticut's the only the only state that's having these issues, right? I mean, is there? Oh no, are you guys able to share some of this legwork and and sort of you know help other people out around the around the country? I mean, that's it's getting pretty crazy. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. We would love to do that. That's the whole point of We the Patriots USA is to connect. And we do know Pam and yeah. uh, we have connected. Dawn oh, has good, spoken yeah, her, has communicated with her. And so we are actually very supportive of her efforts as well. Um, that's the whole point of We the Patriots USA. That was founded because we realized it was founded out of out of necessity. As we say, if you look at our mission statement, we are. We realized what was going on in this country. It was happening very fast, very furious, and it was very, very dangerous to our way of living, to the American way of living, uh, which is the only truly free way of living. No offense to Canada. Um, but <laughs> I will say that as an American. Uh, let's let's put all of North America in there. But um, we we believe uh, that that is the only way that a human being uh, should live is free. OK, and that it was under threat, not only in the United States, but. Since we are obviously in the United States, that is our uh, primary objective to fight it here in the United States. Uh, although we are supportive of, of other organizations that are fighting it all over the world, you see some horrible things going on in Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. I'm sure you followed some of that. Yeah. Just, I mean, scary, scary things way beyond what's happening here. But, but a preview, I believe. If we don't stop, yeah, they're testing. Back, I think they're testing over
1: there. To be honest, I think they're using that Australia as a testing ground to see how far they can push things. And you know, all the control.
2: Well, let me ask you this: How many? I mean, how? How? I haven't heard too many reports out of Canada. How are things going in your neck of the woods with regard to these mandates?
0: Well, we got a mass mandate in the schools, so I don't know how they are with any of the exemptions or anything. Because we just pulled the kids out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care if my kid doesn't have to wear a mask. I don't really want them around all the masks anyway. So we'll just you know back out of that, and then. There's a mandate in the city, but I just don't wear a mask because I don't want to. I'm exempt. Um, So I've only had like one problem so far with the sport check guy sort of hassling me, but (laughs) I told him to fuck off after. I mean, I was super polite a couple of times and then he wouldn't back off. So I kind of got rude with him and then he backed off and then I just didn't shop there anyway because I felt like I didn't want to give him my money.
2: We have a great group in Connecticut actually that somebody formed a Facebook group, uh, the Connecticut Don't Shop Hair List. Yeah. I'm sure there are groups in other states um, and other uh, countries as well doing the same thing. It's yeah. just, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, the Americans with Disabilities Act prohibits the, any establishment from not admitting you on the basis of a disability. And there is an exception. You will hear lawyers talk about this in defense of businesses who refuse entry, refuse service. There is an uh, exception in the ADA under Title III called the direct threat exception. So if, if you pose a direct threat to the health or safety of others, they can legitimately uh, bar you from, from the business. So obviously, if you had a mental health condition um, and that caused you to become violent and you were running around with a knife, they could say, you can't come in here, sir. Uh, That would be legitimate. You have you're running around with a knife or a chainsaw or something. We're not letting you in the store. okay? that's a legitimate threat. If you had active tuberculosis or something and you were telling the person you could obviously had symptoms or even this covid. If you came in with a fever, you're coughing and sneezing all over everything. And you, you go walk into a deli and start coughing all over the food. They can say, get out. All right. That's legitimate. You're posing a direct threat to the health or safety of others. But if you are a healthy person who's asymptomatic, which, as Del Bigtree says, if you're asymptomatic, that means you're a healthy person. Right. You, you, don't, have, you don't have symptoms. So if you uh, if you are an asymptomatic person, you are a healthy person and you have a legitimate disability and you have an exemption and, and, and you don't you shouldn't even need to show it. But, you, but let's say you do for the sake of argument. You say, look, I have a medical condition. Here's a note. There are still businesses in our state that are refusing people, even even with or without a note, they're refusing them from entry. Costco is one of the biggest abusers, has been one of the biggest abusers in our state anyway, I don't know across the country, but of refusing people. Um, And, uh, you know, they were refusing people before medical documentation was required. Um, Now, even that it's required, people people have medical documentation. But- before the executive order said you didn't need to produce medical documentation. You, you, if you said you had a medical exemption, the business owners are supposed to take your word for it and let you in. And they weren't on it letting people in even even before that. Now there is an executive order that says you have to produce documentation. Doesn't say you have to specify your de- diagnosis though. But anyway, some of these businesses are really, really uh, coming down on people hard, even when they say they have legitimate uh, uh, medical, you know, exemption. But here's the problem. Under the direct threat to health or safety exception, you have to prove that the business owner, the onus is on the business owner to prove that there's a reasonable basis, a rational basis for believing that you pose a direct threat to the health or safety of others. So there was a body of case law that arose during the AIDS epidemic. uh, And this direct threat to the health and safety exception was really uh, tested because there were business owners who refused to admit homosexual individuals on the basis that they were more likely, they said, to spread HIV, even though, as we know, HIV is not spread through breathing. Uh, Or through other just casual contact. It has to be through sex or needles. There has to be some exchange of of blood or some infection, uh, some intrusion piercing the barrier of your skin or something like that. Um, It's not just spread by being in a room with somebody. And so the court said, no, that's not a rational basis. You can't exclude someone from a business simply because you're afraid of getting it when there's no scientific justification to support that. So I see the same exact thing going on here. Someone's perfectly healthy. They're not sick. They're even willing to keep their distance uh, of six feet or more. Uh, Even the executive order says you you should only need to wear a mask in a store or a business establishment when it's impracticable for you to keep six feet or more. So that you walk into Macy's on a Monday morning, you'd be lucky if there's two or three people in the store. So how can you say – and that's a huge department store – how can you say that there is not – that you're not able to keep a proper distance from people. But yet they'll still deny you entry if you don't have medical documentation, or if you don't say you have a medical condition, if you just walk in without a mask, they'll say no. Um, they force you to give up your private medical information, which is an intrusion, and, and then sometimes even challenge you on that. It's just, it's absolutely insane what's happening.
0: Yeah, here we've got protections in our stuff too, the Bill of Rights about them not being able to force you to disclose any conditions.
1: And most of them seem pretty good. Do you I mean, see any
0: class action lawsuits coming out of this against Costco's and Walmart's? And
2: I wouldn't be surprised. Um, obviously, I would expect those to be multi-state lawsuits filed at the federal level because they're such large, you know, organizations. Um, you know, again. I can't say that Costco, that every Costco is doing it. So I'm not here to, to to say that this is their their policy in every single state and in every or even in every store in, in Connecticut. Yeah. I don't know. That I don't know that they're doing that everywhere. I've just that's that's one that I've heard is a frequent offender. And th- there's other ones, too. Um, I can't really I mean, I don't know. It's the funny thing with class actions is that they're very, very expensive. Um, they can be very, very difficult to litigate um, to especially when you're talking about potentially thousands of plaintiffs. Um, and I don't know whether or not um, at this point there's enough of a will, uh, enough plaintiffs willing to join. It's you know I really can't say with certainty on the national level because again that would be something that would be a larger federal lawsuit um, unlike ours which is specific to Connecticut and state court in Connecticut Um, so I really don't I I really can't say but I I think it's a great idea I mean I I hope they are able to get enough plaintiffs together I I think it absolutely is something that should be done uh, because it's it's to me it's very clearly a violation of the ADA I mean I don't know. Uh, how you can really legitimately argue, especially when somebody has presented a doctor's note, which even by the most stringent reading of the requirements under the ADA of uh, in, in the public accommodations context, you could say, OK, they are required to enter into an interactive process and produce documentation if they need an accommodation. If someone's doing that and you're still denying them, I mean, I don't really see what your defense is going to be.
1: Yeah. So, what about if we take that mask sort of thing to the vaccines? And do you think that I mean, I flip flop back and forth on how serious they really are. They've already got a lot of their funding for the vaccines. Even if it fails now, they've they've got billions of dollars. Um, but you know, obviously, that all you got to do is listen to the the head of the WHO or Bill Gates and these guys talking about how they're going to do. And even at the lower local levels, they are talking about man, you know, mandating this. So, do you think that that's really going to happen at some level where? You know, we will be, like you said at the beginning, you know, we might be forced to do this. Otherwise we won't be able to participate at certain levels within our society. And then how are people going to work? What about people that don't want to get this? What should they do? How are they going to do this work around Darren and I had this big discussion and it starts with masks, but I'd rather bring it around to vaccines. Like I don't have a disability, so I can go into a store and not wear a mask and somebody shouldn't really ask me, but I'm just pretending cause I don't have a disability, but what if it's for vaccines and so many people find the work around that it really, I don't really know how to, how to word this so much, but it's almost like instead of fighting for freedom, people are pretending to be exempt from something. I don't know if that's the right course of action. Like, shouldn't we be standing up for not having to do this at all? Instead of finding somebody that's going to sign a fake certificate for us or to, you know, do you know? do you don't, do don't kind of know what I'm getting at? Right.
2: And I, I do know what you're getting at. And I don't, I do not advocate, let me just say very clearly, I do not advocate for anyone faking a medical exemption or a medical form that's illegal, all right, to represent yourself as a doctor um, and to sign a, your name as a doctor or some fictitious name as a doctor. That's illegal. But even, right? but so even
1: legal, not. yeah, like even, le- but even legal work arounds, e- even you know, legally, like even
2: I, I see what you're saying, even if you do go to a doctor and get an exemption, that that's maybe hurting the cost. I don't think so necessarily. The, the reason I'll say that is you can do both. Okay, you can have a legitimate objection and use it, but then just don't sit back. Fight for everyone else. Listen, I fought, my son has a documented vaccine injury and has a legitimate medical exemption to vaccines. He has a severe mitochondrial and and autoimmune disorder. It's documented. Okay, he has an immunologist that's documented. He has multiple physicians that treat him. It's documented. Okay, and he doesn't need a religious exemption, he has a medical exemption. But guess what? I still fight for the religious exemption. Yeah. I fight to preserve it. I make that my life's work is preserving the religious exemption. Whether or not I need it is immaterial. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and more and, and and that's what we need is we need more people because I can't do it myself. I mean, I try to do a lot and I'm very active and I try to fight back and I try to be a voice, uh, obviously for, for those who are, are most in need and most most vulnerable. But I cannot I cannot be effective by myself. All right. It's going to take Not just thousands, millions of people around the country, around the world, doing this together. I did want to say something that I forgot to mention with regard to the mask lawsuit, and then we can continue talking about vaccines. We are in in, uh, very, very um, dire need of funding, though, for that lawsuit. And so if you go to our website, the ctfreedomalliance.org, you'll see there's a, a button there on the home page that says click here to donate. It's a GoFundMe fundraiser. If you go into the Connecticut Freedom Alliance group or the Connecticut School Mask Lawsuit, which is another Facebook group you can join, the, there's also a Facebook fundraiser posted there. And there's also a mail-in option with the address that will be on there So as, as well. So I would strongly encourage you, if you support this, this cause, even if you don't live in Connecticut, because this will have uh, a ripple effect, I believe. Uh, shout out to Ricky again. Uh, Um, This will have a ripple effect across the country if more and more states start striking down these mandates. Now, granted, this is a Connecticut state court, so there wouldn't be any true precedential value. Uh, There wouldn't be any uh, there's no authority for, for instance, Nebraska to have to follow what Connecticut does. But the more states that do this, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and there is uh, pending litigation in New Jersey right now as well. And I have uh, friend attorney friends that are fighting it there. There's the more states this happens and the more news it gets. It builds momentum.
1: yeah, but build
2: momentum. momentum. So please support us. Please check out the website, ctfreedomalliance.org, and look for that donation. We could really, really, uh, I mean, we have a goal right now of 20000 for the initial retainer that we haven't even reached, but we're going to need at least another 20000 beyond that to litigate this through, and, and probably a little bit more, actually. this is Litigation like this is very, very expensive. We have two very fine attorneys as, as counsel that are also legislators in our state that are standing up for freedom. We're very, very proud of them um it, it's going to be a long battle though and it is not cheap trust me
1: <laughs> are you surprised cuz that that it, that it's come to this cuz i heard your your talk with ricky you did, you went on there twice uh, recently but the one i think it was april or may which has aged very well even though it's three or four months old but are you surprised with now the data and the and the science and the sort of the bogus even even when, though the numbers of the death counts are bogus are still so low i mean this is really you know the narrative is leaking in all areas. Are you surprised that it's still coming to this? That it hasn't, like after three months, four months, that that they haven't Honestly, let go of this?
2: I'm not surprised in in deep blue states like Connecticut, far left uh, states where where it's all about a political agenda. Um, I, I I would be sort of surprised if if the fury were still high in, in places like. Uh, maybe in places like 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 Idaho or South Dakota or some of the more freedom loving states or maybe Tennessee or something. You know, if there were if there were this level of panic and pandemonium and mandates being handed down in places like that, I, I think I would be um, very surprised. I'm not surprised it's happening in Connecticut. Connecticut. I mean, these these leaders, it's not about public health. Right. Let's just say that very clearly. It's very clearly public politicized at this point. And and, and really, the main target is Donald J. Trump. Okay, President Trump, they don't want reelected under any circumstances. Okay, even if that means shutting down the economy, even if that means uh, literally lives lost, uh, you know, whatever it takes, they will do whatever it takes so that he doesn't become reelected. I think they're going to be sorely disappointed uh, on November 3rd or November 4th, whenever the news finally breaks. Uh, but I, 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 I just think that that's what it's about. I think after he's reelected, you're going to see a lot of this go away. Um, if hopefully he's reelected, you're going to see, it. and we're not a partisan, by the way, I'm saying my own personal views. We're not a partisan organization. We have people from all parties, all walks of life. I'm actually not a registered Republican. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm undeclared. I've never been registered. Neither has Don, uh, never been registered with any, any party, uh, major or minor. So, um, but, Regardless of that, I mean, I think the choice is clear if you believe in, in freedom, if you believe in individual rights. I mean, I, I, I just I can't imagine myself anyway voting for for Biden and Harris uh, under any circumstances. But uh, but that's just my own personal view. Anybody can vote for whomever they, they wish. And we don't we don't tell people how to vote. But um, but, you know, it's just very it's it's it is disturbing, but it's not surprising to me. Uh, that Governor Cuomo would do things like this, that Governor Newsom would do things like this, that Governor Inslee would do things like this, and that Governor Lamont would do things like this. It really isn't isn't surprising at all. Governor Murphy, don't want to leave him out in New Jersey. It's not surprising at all that they are doing things like this. Um, it's just it, it's par for the course. And it's, it's never about the people they say they're trying to protect, whether it be minorities, the underserved, uh, protecting public health, you know, and, and children. I, I mean, it's just I, I don't know if you've been watching any Republican National Convention, but, um, you know, and, and uh, Abby Johnson, uh, who, who wrote the book Unplanned and also that there was a movie made of it. She's a fierce pro-life advocate, she's former executive uh, of Planned parenthood, and you know she talked about the millions upon millions of, of black babies that have been aborted. Uh, you know, at the under the watch of Democrats, and, and they say that they are protecting uh, the the black community. when really they've done more, uh, their policies have done more to to kill children than any other, uh, than any other party in in history, and 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 the black on black crime that they're not addressing in cities like Chicago, okay, and, and elsewhere, uh, terrible carnage, terrible, terrible carnage, the worst that we've we've ever seen in a major city in this in this in the history of this country, okay, and that's the true uh, crime against the black community. It's a black on black crime with lives are being lost uh, in, by the thousands every year in each of these cities. Um, and nobody's talking about it. You're not hearing Joe Biden talking, uh, talking about it. Uh, you're, you're not hearing uh, Governor Lamont talking about it. You're not hearing a governor, the governor of Illinois talk about it or, or the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, talk about it. And you're just not hearing these political talking heads ta- addressing the real problems of their cities and of their states in uh, the real racism and the the the, the, the attack on the black community uh, that, is, that, is, that has been uh, really propagated by the, the Democrats. And I didn't want to get off on a tangent about racism and about abortion. I'm bringing up all the controversial topics <laughs> I can tonight. But, yeah, but um, is,
1: is abortion but, linked? But, but but is it a... Go ahead. What? No, no. But but we've done a lot of work
2: uh, with the the black community and an outreach to the black community, uh, and not just black community, Hispanic communities, people of color. We are very, very supportive of the rights, of advancing the rights uh, of minority communities and um, equal rights for all. And and we've even done panel events with the great Sheila Ely, who's another one of our guests. She was featured prominently in the Vaxxed movie. Um, She's going to be one of our guests for the the vaccine marathon. She is a woman of color. And Dr. Aaron Lewis, who's a pastor, a man of color, Curtis Cost, the author I mentioned, he's a man of color. Uh, We've partnered with them and we've even done events. We did an event called Black Lives Interrupted. Uh, And we did that back in December where we talked about uh, vaccines and the harm, the disproportionate harm to communities of color that they have used. The pharmaceutical industry and the government have, you know, again, uh, through Democrat policies, have used the uh, vaccines as a means of experimenting, have used the black community to experiment with vaccines. Uh, it is not just about the Tuskegee experiment. Everybody talks about that and how horrible and, and it was, how horrible that was, but it's still going on today. The first place that they're going to introduce free COVID vaccines is the inner cities. Watch that they do it for flu shots. They'll do it for COVID shots. That'll be the first place to introduce them. Those will be the test subjects. Those, people in those communities will be the test subjects and it's abhorrent. It needs to stop. It's racist. And the pharmaceutical industry and Democrats are behind it.
1: Is there a connection between the, uh, the needed aborto, aborted cell tissue lines for the, for the vaccines and, and the push for abortions and the whole propaganda around that. I mean, is there, is that an actual market? Is there a market there that they need to satisfy or is it just, I think it's over um, above that.
2: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I cannot speak to a specific connection. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, and, and there may be, there may be research out there. There may be um, some, some published work about that. I, Personally, I'm not aware of it, um, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist out there. And it's a it's a good theory, yeah. uh, not a good theory. It's a it's a horrific. Yeah, it's a horrific uh, theory, theory, but, it kind of makes but, sense. But, but, in a way.
1: But, yeah. So right. what about what about uh, I've heard about speaking to the governors, I've heard that there's something uh, in the paperwork that there's a few, some governors in the states that have a workaround for a mandatory vaccination that can get through these exemptions. And is there is that is that just a rumor? Is that something that you've heard about, that there's some of these guys that have this uh this legal ability to do that over and above the constitution.
2: Well, it can never be legally over and above the constitution. Yeah, but, but they're saying that's what they're saying. Yeah. They'll say that, but if they're challenged in court, um, I believe, especially in federal court, if some of these challenges uh, for violations of the U.S. Constitution uh, are put forth, I believe ultimately the plaintiffs will be victorious. Because, again, you can't have an executive order that overrides the Constitution. That's just, uh, again, per se invalid, just like a statute uh, saying that you can violate the Constitution is per se invalid. Um, they will. Now, it, it does say in Connecticut, for instance that the governor does have the ability during a declared public health emergency, which is set to expire on September 9th, but he's doing his darndest to renew that, and he'll probably be successful in this state. Um, He has to do that in conjunction with legislative leaders, but they're all Democrats, so they're going to give him a stamp of approval pretty much for anything he wants to do. Um, There is a a statute in the state of Connecticut, 19A-131A, that does say Uh, The governor, during a public health emergency, can issue mandates and can authorize the public health commissioner. Once he's declared—actually, it says once he's declared a public health emergency, the public health commissioner can issue mandatory quarantines, mandatory vaccinations, um, can do that. However, it doesn't say that religious exemptions shall be invalid. Okay, okay. Um, So I I believe legitimate religious and medical exemptions would still stand um, if they tried to say that those aren't valid. Um, then there would be a firestorm of of response, and there would be lawsuits, and I do believe ultimately it would be vi- victorious. I hope it doesn't come to that. Uh, I really, really hope it doesn't come to that. But um, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where this is. That's where this is headed. It's just uh, every day it's a new, it's a new, <laughs> n- new yeah. and fresh, new <laughs> and fresh nightmare to wake up
0: to. Yeah. Well, at least it's everybody because if it was just the kids, it would be a lot scarier because. You know, I'm sure you know that this vaccine court that they've got—that's you know quietly paying out. I think it's coming in, coming in at four billion now, almost No, I don't think it is closing in on four billion, and um, those like that's ninety over ninety percent of that is to adults. Adults injured by the flu shot usually that can say, I was like this, then this happened. And their doctor can corroborate and their friends can corroborate and they've got a medical history to compare it to. And it's super rare that a kid gets a break because a kid can't talk and he can't do anything and the kids get fucked over. So at least if they do roll this fucking thing out, they're going to shoot it to everybody. It's going to be a fucking disaster and they're not going to have a good way to back their way out of it, I don't feel like.
2: Well, un- unfortunately, uh, that may be the thing that puts our movement over the top. And and I say unfortunately because I don't want to win that way. Um, you know, this was brought up on Charlie Robinson's show. We were on there last week, last Thursday, and, uh, and I said the same exact thing uh, because I, I want to win, but I don't want to win.
0: Uh oh, boy. You just broke up. There, you broke up for I'm a sorry. second. There. I'm, you, I'm you, sorry. I
2: think I, I think the connection. Hello.
0: Yeah. Hey. Can you hear us? We can hear you.
1: Oh, he's frozen. Oh, oh wow, there he is.
0: I think you're going to yeah, say you yeah, don't want to win sound on a isn't pile Is it Coming of in on my end. I don't know.
1: I, are, are you able to hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. We got too close to the truth. I was close. Yeah. We should probably start. Right. I can hear you. Yeah. Good. Okay. I can hear you. Yeah. We can hear you now. Yeah. You were just saying you don't want to win like that.
2: I don't want to win like yeah. that because yeah. that is, um, that is not, that, that is, that is not the way anyone should want to, uh, to win this fight. Let's win it with Education. Let's win it with this vaccine safety awareness marathon that we're going to be running on Labor Day weekend. Uh, let's wake people up before the carnage starts. Let's not wait for uh, millions of children and adults to be injured or, or killed by this vaccine.
1: Right on.
0: Totally agree.
1: Yeah, that's good. Good luck on that marathon. And we'll uh, thanks for the chat. We'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes and uh, yeah, we'll push the, this thing out before then.
2: Yeah, we you know I I really appreciate the both of you having me on tonight, and uh, Dawn appreciates it as well. She wasn't able to to make this interview, but hopefully she'll she'll come in if you if you want to have us back, we can both come on for a future interview. Uh, She's really a dynamic individual, has a great story to tell. Uh, Navy veteran, Navy veteran, as well as a former Pfizer. Uh, executive, she's she's really got a story to tell, and and she is a powerhouse for this movement. So I, I always want to give her a shout out. Um, don't lose lose sight; it's not just me doing this. Um, I, I couldn't do what I do w- without her. She's a, a great business partner and a, and a very dear friend.
1: Well, the good thing is you you know you guys have both had personal experiences with vaccine injuries, and that's my opinion on how this whole thing is going to keep keep a, keep coming out is, is a, you can only hold so many parents back and so many people back from having their own personal experiences with this before there just becomes too many of them. And the, and the, and the movement becomes too big with people that have just had it happen. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to break through. So appreciate you guys stepping up and doing that.
2: Well, uh, thank you. We'll continue to fight. Uh, please continue to follow us. Like I said, Connecticut Freedom Alliance on Facebook, as well as, Twitter at Keep CT Free on Twitter. We have a very large Twitter following. Uh, we're very active on Twitter, so please check us out there as well. And We the Patriots USA and We the Page and at We the Patriots US is the Twitter handle for for that uh, organization as well. And you can find uh, both of those organizations also on Facebook. Look us up. Request to join the group. Would love to have you. Um, and again, I'd love to have another conversation uh, about some of these issues as things develop. Um, please reach out. I, I'll, I'll be willing to come on anytime.
1: Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Right on. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, a lot. Thanks Brian. Take Have care. A good night. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. That
0: was a chat with Brian. I don't. Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to not say his last name?
1: Why do you say that? Oh yeah. No, no. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. Anyway. Because
0: in the beginning he was like, "It's not going to say my name on." The well, screen. I
1: think it just he just wanted it to be about the alliance, not about him. Oh, okay. I think I think that's more about it. it. Wasn't. At first I was thinking that too but I think he just he just I you
0: know. doxed you, Brian. Yeah. Sorry yeah. buddy. Yeah,
1: we're putting I'm your a, address in I'm here, a too doctor. so yeah.
0: You know his address?
1: No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Wow, well, that should be a good little uh marathon.
0: Yeah, are you going to go into no, it?
1: No, I'm not. I'll watch it a little bit. I'll yeah. give you the book. No, I'm not going. You, what book.
0: Uh, you know I got uh Susan Humphrey's book, oh, all really? illusions. Oh yeah. I mean, you could probably just pull that thing up and go in for a half hour.
1: We should do uh we should have Susan in I've been trying to get Susan on.
0: Yeah, I think she's just... Maybe. We might be able to get her.
1: I think that's good. That's a good lineup.
0: That is a good, good that lineup. Might, that,
1: might, that might cause a bit of a stir. Fuck that yeah. Might, they'll be shut down. The stream will be gone. Connecticut will lose stream power. stream will be down. Yeah. The grid will go down in Connecticut with all those big big namers, big hitters on there. Hope not. Yeah, We're it's interesting it to doesn't. see what happens. I was kind of I was kind of hoping for like... I should have sort of pushed more around that thing about, about legal advice on how to st- not take, like it all comes back down again to these exemptions. What if you don't have one and you don't want to take it and you refuse?
0: Well, he said, don't like forge a document. He didn't say you can't just I, pretend to have something.
1: I know, but that's, but.
0: Hey, here's the thing, buddy. They're lying to you all day, well, I don't day, think it means
1: day. you should lie about, like it just, there's, there's right. a, well, it, I don't know, integrity thing, right? It. Do you just like, I'm
0: but then your integrity's got No, you no, no. A mask. No,
1: maybe no. I I I have a protest with this is bullshit on my mask, which probably causes a little bit more attention than I'd like to begin with. Most people like it
0: to try not wearing a mask. Way more attention.
1: But then 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 I will say if they ask me then I would have to go about and say I don't agree with this bullshit. So if you don't like it call the fucking cops. That's what I would do. Maybe Someone I need to be arrested. My, this right? is
0: bullshit mask. Really? I think I left it on the dash of my truck unlocked. Or I've lost it someplace. But I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it got stolen. Every time I would leave you, my truck unlocked.
1: Uh, but then you and Rye argue, and it's a good argument that, well, you, you, everybody has exceptions because it's not healthy. Yeah. But it's, that's kind of not the way it's written. You know, yeah, in the in the fucking my Bill of Rights and is, the laws on You know what right? my exemption
0: I, is? It's none of your fucking. Well, yeah, business. I know,
1: but that's just. I know that's fine. You can do that if you want, but that's not really right. That's not really true, right? I mean, it is true. Well, you call me a liar? No, because yeah, you you were you know diagnosed with asthma fifteen what? years ago, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got that in your back pocket.
0: My kids don't. Actually, Cassandra's got a diagnosis, but I just don't. They don't wear masks. I don't want them wear masks. They're not wearing masks.
1: When no, we, I agree. When with we that. went I, and bought the
0: snake a while ago, you could see because we were on the way down to the, the, ra- what? the snake for Madison's birthday.
1: She's got a snake.
0: And we were on our way down there. And the lady at the top of the stairs was like, they don't let nobody in there without masks. I was like, okay, well, we'll go see. And we got like three generations of Grimeses. My mom's there. And my, Nieces with us and my kids and their mom.
1: And nobody's got And none on.
0: of us are wearing masks. And you could see, like, we walked down there, we walked in the store, and this isn't a chain store, right? It's a small business.
1: Was the lady uh, that said that a customer?
0: No, she was like the next door neighbor. Oh, okay. The next door neighbor store was just okay. like, they are a hand down oh. there. There's a couple signs <laughs> on the way down that okay. said, you know, don't come in without a mask. Right. And we all walk in, and you can see Buddy comes out of the back room with his mask on, and he's just like, Shit. (laughs) And he's like, what's he going to do? And I'm like, honestly, I don't care. If he don't want me in this, I'm not going to wear a mask. If he don't want me in a store, that's fine. I'm buying a snake and some stuff. We're buying a steak and some stuff today. It doesn't have to be from here. There's a dozen places in the city to buy a snake. Luckily, he kind of, you could see him make the decision that he needed the business. And then it works out as we're buying things and paying for stuff because we weren't going to buy the en- enclosure there because he didn't really have any out on the shelf and anything. And it seemed kind of awkward. So it's like, maybe we should just get this snake and get the fuck out of here because we're all in here without a mask. The kids are running around looking at all the tanks and touching stuff. and But then Buddy was like, hey, man, will you buy that stuff for me? He's like, I'll like give you a price pretty much the same as them and I'll knock money off the snake if you buy that stuff for me. Because and then he mentions that they're you know if you're coming to get food call first because they might have to close early because COVID's affected their business so much that you could see the small business owner had to make a decision when we all walked in with no mask on. What's more important, mask or fucking money? He chose money, yeah, and that's what it's going to come down to in the end. If enough people just don't wear masks because people ask them to, we'll lose if we don't hit. Enough, you know? I think that you always have to have a certain percentage of people not wearing masks. As soon as you get to like 95, 90%, man, it's tough. It's tough out there. Anyway, that's all I got.
1: What scares me is it's the places that aren't aren't, uh, mandating it, like our little town where it's getting worse after three months of this.
0: Well, most of the people that are here think they're in Calgary. Like, there's a lot of that. What? They just don't get it. I mean, the dollar store has the sign-up, the Calgary Bylaw
1: sign-up. What? Yeah. No.
0: And you walk in there, and the workers don't even have masks <laughs> on. <laughs> you know, no one said anything, especially in Chestermere, But yeah. they've got the sign on there that says, I wonder if No Frills is supposed to be masks now that superstores. I don't know. I don't even carry a mask anymore. Oh. I don't even have one. I can't wear a mask. Anyway. I don't think you should be wearing a mask. If you want it, that's fine. No, I don't. I I won't judge you. No,
1: it's just.
0: I'll tease you. I don't think so either. I won't judge you. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed that chat with Brian. We hope you can support the show. We love you. Uh, slash support. Check out Brian's stuff. Support their stuff. They're doing important work over there. I mean, we just yap about this stuff. They're actually winning court cases or at least trying to. And uh, they could use some support. Yeah, think about that. They
1: started that in September last year. And then this comes around. Like, holy.
0: Other than that, we love you. Uh, Like I say, whether you're wearing a mask or not, we love you either way. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.
1: Lagoon. In a
0: storm in Bermuda You've dive-bombed Into a seashell swoon Maybe your easiest dreams Make sweet perfume While you're yawning Yet not breathing In a hospital